0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, time for the Global Threat Report, Global Threat uh, Solutions. Uh, it is a 100% military veteran-owned security investigations firm. Global headquarters right here in Suffolk County. Offices as well and around the city, Miami, L.A., Frankfurt, and uh, Mumbai. And, of course, the CEO, Captain, and President uh, Kim Bombay's 21 years law enforcement intelligence experience, serving the military as well, intelligence officer there in, in the Middle East. Uh, in uh, for peace of mind in uncertain times, uh, contact Global Threat Solutions today. I uh, will give you the site, globalthreatsolutions.com. You make a phone call as well, six four six nine four six sixty six forty nine. The apple Uh Captain Kenneth Bombay, sir, how are you on this Wednesday?
1: Good, Jay. Thanks for having me on today.
0: It's good having you. Loads of stuff, including that Walmart shooting and around. Uh, ten fifteen 15 uh, last night. Very fluid as far as, you know, being so new, uh, Cap. Maybe you have some information for us. Seven dead. That includes the shooter. Five are being treated uh, at an area hospital. Uh, you know, you wake up to this stuff. It's tough, but we're kind of used to it already. Uh, a Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia, not far from Norfolk, uh, Cap. What do we know? Anything more here?
1: It's still coming out, this information, Jay, because it just happened last night. So it, it appears, though, what they do know is this is looks like it was a an employee who committed this act and maybe even a manager. Um, it also looks like that he turned the gun, the weapon on himself. There's at least seven people dead and others injured. Um, they're still investigating. I could not find out yet exactly what type of weapon was used in this but they did say that they believe he turned the weapon on himself so um possibly a uh, a handgun was used that hasn't been released yet but it's just uh coming right on the heels of, of another shooting in colorado and there was another one at university of virginia really highlighting these mass shootings that are taking place across the united states right now so i think it's getting a lot of attention and this incident, this most recent one, is still developing. But I'm sure within hours we'll have more details on that.
0: No question. Uh, there is a report of a possibility of the shooter being a disgruntled manager. Uh, and we've seen this scenario before. right, Cap, with a disgruntled employee of some sort going back in. And uh, doing the damage here, I don't know if you know, you have compiled any more information on that, but uh we'll keep an eye on that. I don't know if uh if that is true uh but it uh, certainly would not surprise me you know
1: oh definitely and and with all active shooter most active shooter scenarios, especially the ones like this where we're you know depends on the definition you're using Jay, red so if, it's most definitions will say four more people well. You can have a shooting, say, in New York or Chicago, where, where they drive by and shoot four people, and technically that's a mass shooting. But then you have these targeted incidents, which are a little bit different, where they're coming into a place trying to kill as many people as they want, as they can. And they, they plan these events. Oftentimes they commit suicide. But one thing that's common about these types of mass shootings, like the one we had last night, is these people collect what they call grievances, you know, like they feel they've been wronged over the years by, by, by many entities. It doesn't have to just be the people at that Walmart they worked with, but they collect in their mind these grievances where they've been wronged. And then they pick this one day to to uh, retaliate, you know, for all these things they feel that that has been they've been wronged, And that's what we'll probably see here, especially with these incidents where we see the workplace uh, mass shootings, where they come in and they're they're responding to this uh, treatment they feel they've received. That's probably what happened here.
0: Yep. Uh, the Cap with us, Kim Base, global threat. Let's go to Colorado Springs uh, with this uh, Club Q out there. Uh, LGBTQ. Uh, you know, you think of Pulse, you think of Orlando 2016. 40-some-odd people uh, killed there. Uh, all in all, a nightmare scene. If it weren't for a good Samaritan, uh, I can't even imagine what could have happened there. Uh, but, Cap, uh, here we go again, uh, this time out west. Doing anything more? Now, I'll tell you, there's a lot. Of, we spoke to a judge yesterday uh, out in the Rockies, and basically, you know, these red flag laws, there's Anderson Aldrich, uh, usurp those laws. Lo- i tell you, there's always situations where you have things in place and for some reason things slip through the cracks here. It appears that way. A lot of flags regarding this guy and his family member as well.
1: That's right. And, you know, one of the um, the, the issues we face in law enforcement in general, but specifically with these laws, is that we're we're a fragmented uh, law enforcement uh Country, right? Some countries have a national police department. Well, here we have, so we have like fifty thousand police agencies, and you know, every state, every jurisdiction, they'll have their own laws. Often, and it's very hard. It's almost, you know, that's why you've seen such a big push to have maybe national, to have federal laws in place where they at least have to, everyone has to meet these standards. And and you know, Jay, it. So I'm I'm a supporter of the Second Amendment, but I think that everybody recognizes we have a problem. Right now, when you see these this many measures, I mean, this is like two weeks and we have these mass shootings right now. There's definitely an issue here that needs to be addressed. It's just how to go about doing that. And like you said, when they usurp these these laws or the red flag laws that might be in place. Well, what does that mean, really? Uh, these these people, let's say they are flagged, right? They say this person can't legally possess a firearm. Well, then they're going to get one illegally, which is very easy to do. The laws themselves, firearms laws themselves, will not stop these shootings. You know, I, I think that we, it's, like we discussed so many times, has to be focused on uh, mental health intervention, highlighting these people, interacting with them, and trying to prevent these things before they happen. But, but even that, it's a challenge. I've done this. I've had to go visit people who have made threats. Even if we get to, give to, we get to involuntarily commit somebody, to get them psychological evaluation, they don't stay forever. No one's getting, you're not committing someone like that and saying, all right, um, this person's dangerous, we're just gonna hold on to them forever. It doesn't work that way. Usually within 24, 48 hours, these people are back out. So it's really a challenge that way. I still think the answer lies in uh, this this, uh, intervention, and also people seeing something and saying something, because as we will find out, obviously, with the Walmart incident and these incidents, there was always, always signs that people could have seen and said someone needs to, needs to go see this person because their social media statements, actions they've made to highlight what they may do in the future. And a lot of times that we don't see those or, or the law enforcement doesn't see that information until after an incident occurs, unfortunately.
0: Listen, there's always signs, Nicholas Cruz, Parkland, Salvatore, Salvatore Torres, Uvalde backing out that truck, grandmother's house, crashing into the fence of that school. Listen, there are signs, neighbors noticing. You got to Listen, see something, say something. We don't have enough of that. And that's why there has to be some accountability, especially with a mentor, guardian, parent, Uh, Wherever these individuals are living, there has to be something involved in. Now, with this Anderson Lee Aldrich, uh, if you go back to June of last year, okay, Arrested, charged, menacing, first-degree kidnapping, allegedly making a threat to detonate an explosive, multiple weapons, ammunition in his possession, threat to unleash carnage like you wouldn't believe, causing homes to be evacuated in that, in that area at the time. Ten of them, by the way. I mean, these are all signs. And you couple that with his mother, uh, who has had a lot of run-ins with enforcement, the, and refusing to cooperate with investigators in that case, by the way. And he wasn't prosecuted. The records were sealed. They helped him evade. Again, we talk about red flag laws, potential seizure of weapons. These are all major, major problems here that we have to correct. It's right in front of us. It's right in front of authorities. But somehow, someway, it evades. We can't have this anymore.
1: It, it's true. And it's a really big challenge, Jay, because... Think of all the things you said unless this person committed a crime a crime serious enough that's going to keep them right now we have people committing horrific crimes and they're out the next morning so unless this person committed a crime that's going to keep them behind bars what is the answer so many people who are, psycholog- are, are um, emotionally unstable right now they're, they're on the streets you go to new york city you go to los angeles san francisco i'm all over the country you see it you know these these people who are, who are mentally ill they're in the streets They're unstable, and what is the answer? What do we do? We, um, you know, do we have to get these people and have them uh, incarcerated to keep keep them off the streets? Like you're saying, there were so many um, red flags with this this individual. What is the answer? Do we say, all right, that's too much? I mean, you could definitely prevent this person from legally purchasing a firearm. That's one thing. That's not going to prevent a shooting, though. That's not going to prevent another violent act. They could always get firearms. Many of these people have firearms that they didn't buy legally, and that's going to be the big challenge. What do we do? Okay, we've highlighted a person. This person's clearly a potential threat for an incident like this. What's the answer then? You know, I think, I think highlighting them, identifying them, and, and mental health intervention is one thing, but like you just said, these people aren't compliant in any way. What do we do? We could involuntarily commit them for evaluation, but that's so short-term. You can't in, you can't indefinitely commit people like that. Um, at least not the way the laws are right now. And maybe that's part of the answer too. Someone who shows who's um, so unstable, and they're showing that they have uh, they're emotionally disturbed, they could be violent. Maybe there needs to be there needs to be long-term uh, evaluations or committals for these people to keep them off the street. You know, the answer is not clear, but I think it definitely has to be a national answer. Can't be state by state. That's not going to work because these, you know, they we we all know you look at all the firearms. I used to work in a firearms, a legal firearms investigation team. And so many of the firearms here in New York, they're coming from down south and other states where they're acquired uh, more easily. So that's another challenge that we have.
0: If I hear one more person bring up gun control, I'm going to blow a gasket because it's about the individual. It's mental health. We're not doing enough. You go back to UVA. You go back to Colorado Springs, Walmart. You go into Idaho here, which we will in a second. I mean, I don't want to hear any more about this nonsense. Joe Biden, Every listen, enough is enough. We have to come together with common sense, okay, common sense. You know, I always remember the president coming here for the ghost guns. Really? Ghost guns? Yeah. After those two cops were murdered, ambushed, back in January? Yep. Remember that whole thing? I mean, come on. When are we yep. going to really gather some thought here? P- please. Somebody. And I'm telling we are so divided
1: in this. That's why we never solve these issues. That's why well, we would never get anything done.
0: And we're never going to solve issues like answer. this, Captain?
1: Yep. It's you know these these crimes occur. The answer on the left is always gun control, which we know in itself is not going to prevent these crimes from happening. Uh, are there common sense gun laws that we could look at right now? I think so. Right? We've talked about this, Jay. Right? This. I don't think there's a lot of people that that would say, hey, if you're under 21, you should be able to buy an assault rifle. <laughs> common sense things like this, but that in itself is not going to prevent. We have over 400 million guns in America, and unless your plan is to kick in doors, confiscate and melt guns and this is That's not going to be the answer. These people are going to be able to get the guns when they commit these. It's like you said, it's, it's the, uh, the violence that we're seeing and the lack of consideration for anyone in society that we're seeing from so many people, so many violent acts right now that go unpunished. And uh, that, that's a big part of it. And the other thing is, like we said, there's so many people right now that are not there, mentally unstable, emotionally disturbed people, not being treated in any way. And, and I think that's a big part. Of, that is the primary answer. There's many different things that need to be done to combat this, but the primary thing is going to be identifying these, these people before they commit these acts.
0: Mental health facilities, let's shore them up. We, homeless populations. That, that are never diminished. And this is all part of the problem. The problem isn't tracing some serial number, for crying out loud. I, I'm so sick of this stuff, really. I, I mean, come on. This is why we never saw. You know, we convene, we talk, we discuss Capitol Hill. I'm, come on. I'm tired of the BS. I really am. I tell yeah. you, I, I'm fed up. Fed up. It's got to change. Yeah. The cap will change global threat. That brings us to uh, Idaho, the creme de la creme. You know, I'm obsessed with this case. I got to tell you, I'm obsessed because I cannot believe that they haven't facilitated it enough. Now, listen, there's a presser today, I think at one o'clock, and we'll see what's going on there. But I'll tell you, the, the guy in charge is clueless. He looks in the camera like a deer in the headlights. I'm very concerned. Uh, so many things here, Cap. You know, this is a college town. It reminds me of, um, you know, my kid went to Alfred up there in, in New York, uh, upstate near Rochester. It reminds me of that type of town. I, listen, I understand there's not a lot that goes on there, and they haven't had a murder in seven years. I get it, but, man, I'll tell you, uh, this one is for the ages, what's going on. Uh, yeah. You know, when you take away bags of garbage without even being investigated as possible evidence, you know, that's a sign to me. It really is. Um, this is the most bizarre case, the most bizarre case I think I've reported on in my time here. It really is. And four people brutally murdered, brutally murdered, you know, with a special weapon that you could probably talk about here. Um Give, give me an assessment here because I'm I'm in the, yeah. it just baffled beyond belief.
1: Yeah. So this is it's a bizarre case, and it's just I think um, what what you just said is so true, and this happens across the country. We have police departments with you know ten people. You know they're just simply not qualified to handle cases like this in their jurisdictions, and that's why we have state police, and more importantly for this case, the FBI, who comes in. And they assist them. And although you might see a local representative up there conducting press conferences, trust me, the FBI's got a big hand in this. And state police investigators, they've, they've moved in for that very reason. Um, so what are they doing now? Uh, Jay, there's a lot that's going on. Obviously, they're collecting, they're doing a forensic, traditional forensic investigation, radiating from the house. They're collecting DNA from blood samples. They're hoping that maybe, you know, in these cases, you could even find blood that belonged to the attacker. At these scenes, so all of that is going on right now. They say they have no suspects, and despite what you might hear about them saying, "Well, this person's n- not a suspect." You know, there were six people there, two in the basement. Uh, trust me, everyone is a person of interest at this point. They are not ruling anybody out, especially someone who was in the house or or people that these people were calling or or talking with recently before this, right before this occurred. So, in these cases, so much of what has to be done to investigate who committed this crime is investigating your victims they're going through everything right now jay they're going through their social media their phones emails texts uh different applications they use to communicate with friends and, sh- and schoolmates and family that's what they're doing and that's probably where you're going to see they're looking for some interaction with somebody that could possibly be involved in this with some of the people that were there very few things are good you know, completely random with no prior interaction in any way. And that's what they're doing right now. They're looking really deeply into all these victims, the two people that survived who are in the basement. There's a lot of questions they have now. Like they obviously say they didn't hear anything up there. And it was like 1130 the next morning when they finally called the police. Um, There's a lot of questions that are unanswered right now that they're looking into. There was two of the uh, students that were communicating with a male subject. There was a... uh, one of the girls in the house was trying, attempting to call uh, a boyfriend or an ex-boyfriend. It's a lot of things they're looking into. They're conducting hundreds of interviews right now. And, they, Jay, this radiates from the house. They're not only moving beyond the actual house and the property looking for evidence. They're interviewing everybody who has any interaction with them, people at the school, friends, family, anyone they interacted, people at those locations that where they were, the sorority house, and then there was another bar they were at. They're interviewing everybody there. And another thing with that, that happens with all crimes nowadays is they're looking for video. And it doesn't have to be video at the house or just video at that bar. They'll go down that street because someone has cameras and they're gonna look for they have to go through all of those cameras. It could be a gas station, but it's near that bar, near the house that they someone might have passed. There is so much analysis that has to go on right now, and that's what's happening, and they're they're not releasing any information as far as possible suspects, but I'm, I'm sure they may they may be getting closer at this point.
0: You know, the thing I would want to know, just from a common sense approach, I don't know if you could possibly pinpoint here. As gruesome as it sounds, what I'm going to say: uh, you had two floors, two on the first, two or on the second. I don't know if there's a third floor because there were two other uh, there were two other people living in that house who were not affected here and have been ruled out. By the way. Uh, as far as involvement, but I would want to know who might have been killed first. You know, because to me, this is a case as far as maybe a disgruntled lover. Uh, you know, somebody who might have stalked somebody. You know, I mean, to to use a knife of this magnitude um, is a guy. Who is angry? You know, very angry. Had a score to settle, uh, and thus the brutality of it all. You know, I would think if they could maybe—I don't know how you do it—see who might have who might have been murdered first. That might lead to something here as far as the past of that victim who have might have been involved with somebody of this oak, You know, uh, that, that yeah. was just my—that's that's my first thought here. You know, yeah, and maybe through a timeline of some sort, a trail of some sort, is maybe to go back into the history and, and maybe lead to a, a pretty good situation of a lead. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I'd be surprised if they, they haven't arrived at that at that conclusion yet, Jay, you know, who who commit who was murdered first. And, you know, there's a lot of things that they're keeping everything close to the vest and not releasing it, but, you know, we have two people in the basement. Now, it's been, there's been, um, uh, people have said that maybe this killer was familiar with the home and entered the home easily. Well, at the same time, I don't know. Did, they, did those people survive because they didn't know there were two people in the basement? You know, how familiar could they have been? I think there's a lot of answers that they probably have now. They're not releasing unless it makes sense to release to the public to help solve the crime. And that's the way it should be done. You know, there's, they know a lot more than they're putting out. I can tell you that much. And... Uh, I think all these things that we're talking about as far as who might have been killed first, and it's all going to come down to the, who interactions those victims had with people. That the chances that this was just some random person who who uh, went in the woods and watched the house and came down and killed everybody and left is probably not likely that there was some type of interaction with these people or evidence of this person interacting with them previously in some some way. That would be my guess.
0: Uh, incredible situation. Really, we'll see what happens today. One, maybe a revelation or two. I don't know. Very slow go here. That's why you have every agency involved. You got you got state, FBI, you got everybody involved now. Uh, so uh, we'll see. We'll see if something unfolds here. Uh, but you know they are working hard to solve and to uh and to capture very important stuff. Uh, the captain, ladies and gentlemen, Global uh, Threat Solutions. For peace of mind and uncertain times, go to the website, globalthreatsolutions.com. And uh, any questions, uh, please uh, call 646-946-6649. The company is an incredible company with uh, services provided like you wouldn't believe. So check it all out on that website, globalthreatsolutions.com. Cap, you, your family, uh, enjoy. I know you'll be monitoring many a situation that we have Uh, talked about today, but enjoy your Thanksgiving, my friend.
1: You too, Jay. Have a great Thanksgiving, and I look forward to chatting after the holidays. Thank you. You got it.
0: The great Captain Ken Bombay.